cross it in, looking for Garza, backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hi, y'all. Five Strike Final. Second place, second place, second place, second place. Joe Patrick, second place, second place, second place. Second place. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Look, there's been fighting. I know while you were gone in Montana doing whatever you do in Montana, living your best life and riding Buffalo or hanging out with Ted Turner or something. I don't know what you were doing over there, but there's been fighting. There's been fighting after losing to the best team in MLS history. Uh, which is it's a weird time to pick that. There's there's more losses coming definitely against worse teams, and so can only get worse. Question mark. In second place. You know we're in second place. Uh, yeah. This was just when I saw the quotes. It was like ah, uh, this is again, this again, this again. Um, let me here. Here's my thoughts on it. Like I don't know when I when I saw them. I just knew they were going to get played up. And I knew that because I started getting emails about stories to do (laughs) later this week about it. And to me, it just seemed like the whole quote was kind of misapplied. Like to me, it read like he was talking about before the season. um, I'm sorry, not before the season. What's that? We're playing the pronoun game here. What are we talking about? Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself because I, we just jumped into this really quickly. Um, When I, (laughs) <laughs> Leandro Gonzalez Perez, his yes. quotes. I think that they were taken in the context of this team just coming off a loss, a frustrating loss to LAFC. Um, and that is kind of the context in which they were applied, where to me, when I was reading the quote and I, I, what he later clarified that he was talking about, it was just like the way that the team has kind of struggled to come to terms with what DeBoer is trying to integrate here in general over the course of the season. It wasn't like it had come to a head at this point, which is, I feel like the way it had, the quote had been taken um, by a lot of people and kind of the way it was presented. So I don't know. Like I said, like, I, I tweeted something earlier. Like I, I still don't think like Pitti and uh, some of these players are like going to be going on double dates with uh, DeBoer uh, and his wife anytime soon. But like, you know, I think that a lot of this stuff is overblown and I honestly don't even want to talk about it, but here we are. I don't know how much I agree with that. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's something kind of weird to to wrestle with right now because like I said, the LAFC loss was not where I thought this kind of reaction was going to come right with, with everything kind of going haywire, but you're right. The, the somewhat, at least on the face incendiary quotes from LGP and, and one from Zeke as well, that are kind of like, yeah, we've just gone back to doing what worked uh, is, I don't know. It's a weird time for it, but I do think, I do think there was some kind of, moment or interaction or something where the, the team to an extent went to Frank and said, look, we would love to get back to playing the way that, you know, worked for us. You know, we feel like we're being boxed in. It, it, it doesn't, I'll think that's a stretch to say that. Yeah, no, no I mean, I agree. I, I agree with that tactically. Like, you know, we've talked, I, I think on this show about how 
we feel like the team is kind of it's at its most entertaining. And honestly, I think it's probably at its best results wise when they're playing on the edge of danger, you know, like when they're just kind of going at it with another team and, you know, risking exposing themselves, making themselves vulnerable at times, but also, you know, the, 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 the other edge of that knife is that you're, you're, creating opportunities for yourself. And, you know, when, it's funny when we talked to uh, Julian Gressel at training this morning, it's uh, we're recording this on Friday. You know, he talked about that. He said in, in the second half of the LAFC game, um, the game plan kind of changed to just like matching up one-on-one with guys across the field and just trying to win your individual battles. And, you know, the game was much more open in the second half, despite the fact that there were a bunch of goals scored in the first half. Um it just seemed like it's a it's a simpler instruction. It it feels like you know for guys to just be like, all right, you just have him, you 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 mark him, and just make sure you win all the time instead of it trying to be a lot more detail oriented and and you know, um, reliant on you know the guys next to you and covering for space and all that stuff. Uh, it just seemed like the simpler the instruction, the better with this team. And maybe uh, you know it's something that we talked about on the show again is like. DeBoer is not a great communicator. You know, um, mm. he hasn't been with the media at times, like sometimes he, because he's being like a little too open, too honest. Um, and, you know, you have to wonder if his message is getting across to players all the time. I think that's a valid criticism to have. Um, I'm less inclined to criticize his just general knowledge of the game and knowledge of like, of, of tactical details. Um because honestly, he's probably forgotten more about soccer than I'll ever know in my life. So, but I think that there is a debate as to how well he can convey what is in his head and get his players to to do that, to 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 follow those instructions on the pitch. And this is the thing that was a huge deal when, of course, he came from Palace after that mess, right? I want to I want to look at something real quick from uh, the Guardian that got written after or shortly before he got expelled from Crystal Palace. Uh, it's talking about Frank DeBoer's philosophy. It says, what DeBoer wants then is players who always have the wit to see the best option and the ability to execute it. His philosophy is that players should be brilliant. That's lovely, but a long-term project that ever was one. DeBoer, DeBoer had success at Ajax with players reared in that culture and allowed to play at a pace conducive to thought. Uh, International, who played a higher level in Temple, decided after 85 days that DeBoer was not going to develop a team of geniuses anytime soon. Palace, full of players who have generally been more comfortable with simpler instructions and who have made several costly individual mistakes this season after being caught in several minds, may quickly reach a similar conclusion. Uh, does that sound kind of familiar <laughs> right now? Um, are you saying are you saying Atlanta United is full of uh, Damian Delaney's and? It, uh, I'm not. trying to think of other Chris Palace players. I can't think of any. <laughs> and I'm not. I think that's where the, there's this weird uh, kind of mix of things going on right now that we haven't really experienced with Frank yet because it's kind of that middle ground in between Ajax and Palace, I think, where you do have players who are absolutely could be considered geniuses to an extent compared to the rest of the league. Uh, but you don't know if it's up to the point where it can be truly consistently effective. Mm -hmm. And that's a big question. And I don't know. I don't know. And it's, it's also weird this week because something that's been on my mind in the last little bit here is what are we fighting about? 
what's the, what is the everyone's mad but what's the end goal here are we saying that he should be gone are we saying that everything should be changed entirely um i think my conclusion that i've reached is that there were better options to have a smoother transition and that doesn't mean that things won't be good in the long run but mm-hmm. there are options for this year that would have been better i think don't ask me names because yeah, no like, no you know. i i, I I agree with that totally. I remember when the news came out and I was like, <laughs> I, I don't know how I felt about it. I, well, I do know how I felt about it. I was just confused. I didn't think that it was um, a great choice, you know, just like style, you know, just culture wise, you know, it was just such a big departure from, you know, the way the team has been built. And I think that that's kind of at the core of a lot of um, the displeasure that, you know, or the, the kind of, um, some of the things that fans have felt about it, about it, you know, you see um, these South American Latino style players and they're trying to, you know, be led by a guy that looks different from them, sounds different from them, clearly has different ideas from them of what they want to do with the ball and the pitch. And I think that that kind of the optics of it leads to a lot of, you know, um, just like cynicism and, you know, I can't, there's a word out there that I can't pull off the top of my head right now. But, um, but uh, you know, I, I think that it didn't feel like a great fit to me at the time. And I think that, right. you know, like I said, lo- like long term, I think, I think it will work. I, like the more, you know, we've both listened to Frank DeBoer in press conferences many times. And, um, you know, I, I go to more training. So I've heard him talk quite a bit uh, in detail, just like up close one-on-one and <sighs> I really like what the guy has to say about just soccer. Like, I mean, sometimes it comes off in a weird, really weird state, you know, when he says like, when he refers to himself, not wanting to be the uh, police agent or, you know, like the way he actually says things is kind of funny sometimes. Um, But I think like to me, what he, some of what he says makes a lot of sense. Um, But, you know, is it connecting with the players? It reminds me of like, you know, think like in high school you had like your favorite teachers and it doesn't necessarily mean like one of them is smarter than the other one or one of them knows more about a certain subject than the other one but there are some teachers you had out there that you just could convey the ideas and the information to you in a way that you understood it in a much better way and I think that that is really what DeBoer lacks and you know I think we have to like remember that he's a very young manager and managing is very different from playing and it requires, you know, there's experience that goes with it that he needs to, you know, he had an Ajax, but it's a different kind of uh, challenge for him when he's in these foreign countries to try to convey those ideas like we've talked about um, in a way that, you know, other players can understand. So I think that's just a struggle that the challenge that he's dealing with. And, um, you know, he's talked about it in that one article about, you know, kind of adapting to the players and, and trying to let them kind of do what they want to do and can't kind of keeping them happy. And there's just like, you know, it's just these like these personality traits and, and human things at play uh, that are, that seem to be the bigger issue more so than like the soccer stuff. I feel like if the, if the communication stuff falls in line, I think we'll start to see a lot of the soccer stuff um, make more sense. And you wonder if it ever will is the thing, right? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, a yeah. Lot, there's a lot to be said about culture 
in a sense, and the culture around the team. And obviously, this has been culture shock for a lot of people this year. And of course, you're going to have a reaction to that, especially when you're not getting results and not seeing a product on the field that's really working. Uh, and then you can look across to the Bay Area and look at San Jose and see what uh, Almeida is doing over there. And he's over there, you know, he's, he's making stakes. He's He's playing Bruce Springsteen on the boombox or whatever at the pool party with the team barbecue, <laughs> and they're they're hanging out and talking about how it's been the best summer ever. And they they're a family, and the way he talks about it is very well communicated. And the way that he discusses uh, building a team and a culture around San Jose is very well communicated. And it's something that's that's missing. It's like Frank DeBoer is that book smart kid who you'd really rather not be sitting at your lunch table, maybe right now. Like if they could just go away for like a few seconds to come back, you can talk later. Like they're really, really smart. And their SAT scores are going to be good, but you're kind of like, man, I don't know like how you're going to survive outside of the classroom. Does that make sense? Does yeah, matter? yeah, totally. Yeah, you know? for sure. Um, for sure. So I, I don't know when and how it translates. It, it would, it makes sense to me that it would translate at somewhere like IX where so much of that philosophy and what we've heard from people like we've and Paul talk about is, you know, being essentially a part of the machine, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't need, you don't need that community feeling or anything to be a part of the machine. You just have to be in the machine. And that is like constructed from a base level at IX every day. It's the process, right? It's Nick Saban. It's Alabama. It's just there. Yeah. Know? This has yeah. to be something different. And right. I don't know if it ever gets there. It's so interesting. I have no idea, but it's, but it's interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, you know, from, from a tactical perspective, the kind of the way I see this is like, it's more than Frank DeBoer, you know, telling the players what position they're playing in or, or, or doing something like that. He's trying to retrain kind of the way that they look at the game and the way that they, make decisions on the field like it's it's more it's deeper than just like tactical instructions of like you know you overlap when you when he gets the ball and like stuff like it it's it's more of like how do you perceive the game and and how do you then make decisions based on the way you're perceiving it so i think that like a lot of what he's trying to integrate here and that's why you know Louis Van Hall said his it takes like it's not his team doesn't play at its peak level until the third season um, which is clearly, you know, that's, you, you can't, you, you can't have that, especially in a league like MLS and especially in a league where, you know, Frank DeBoer probably might not even be here in three seasons, even if things are going well, or especially if things are going well, um, you don't have that kind of time, right? But the team needs to be able to function before that. And so how do they do that? And so I think what we're starting to see is the reins loosen a little bit, like, I feel like these last few games, especially since they've gone to an old formation that they're familiar with, like we're starting to see them just, you know, be play their more natural selves. And I don't think, I, I think the way, uh, uh, if people agree with that, I think a lot of the way that some people take it is like, oh yeah, so this just proves that like Frank DeBoer's distru- instructions are irrelevant or not necessary. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know if I quite agree with that. I think that like, you know, there's a good middle ground to have where the there's a good middle ground to have where the players can understand what's being said to them and then they can carry it out. And then you can start to integrate more and more and more over the course of the over the course of, you know, the three year period or whatever it takes to get this team 
fully how Frank DeBoer wants it. So I don't know. It's just, you know, it's obviously been a struggle. The players have said that. I think we've said that on this show. I think, you know, everybody would say that. The fans would say it. I think Frank DeBoer would tell you it's not, you know, the team hasn't played how he wants them to. I think Darren Eels, although he would never admit it publicly, I think would admit that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody's kind of of the same opinion. Uh, it's just a matter of whether you think that it's going to get better or not. And I don't know if any of us have the answer to that question. Yep. We sure don't. We sure don't. I think we can retractively look at all of it and say, yeah, maybe, maybe that could have been done better, but I don't know what the answer going is forward, you know, and and we won't know if it's effective. We won't. Uh, So again, what are we arguing about? I'm not sure. I do know. (laughs) You know, I think when we talk, like we talked earlier about, you know, how we felt or if there was a better option that the team could have made uh, or a better option that the team could have hired instead of Frank DeBoer that would have made the transition smoother. I don't know like what purpose that conversation serves to talk about that. Like, like not, I'm not talking about what we just discussed earlier in passing, but like, you know, I I've heard people talk about whether like Guillermo Barascolotto or any number of coaches like would have been better. And, you know, who cares? Like that's not reality and it doesn't really matter at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that matters is the state that the team's currently in. Now, if, if Frank DeBoer were to get fired or something, then that's another discussion. Or if you were thinking like, what co- which co- coach could they hire right now in place of Frank DeBoer? You know, that, that's a different discussion. But um, to go back and kind of retroactively think about the situation is, I don't know. I don't, I don't see what purpose it really serves. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's just kind of an understanding that maybe, uh, maybe Eels and Co. aren't, as infallible as I guess we thought, which is that's hard to deal with, man. That's right. Well, you know, that's I like seen her dad like mess up for the first time or like lose a fight. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, oh, that's no. totally true. And I think that actually Darren Eels has kind of escaped a lot of the criticism that maybe should be. You know, What's that? if you think if you if you were gonna blame anyone for a culture change, like a jarring culture shift, right? Like it would be the person who made the hire. Um but again, it goes back to show you that if you're popular, <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you can get away with anything, you know? right? And, and if you're nerdy looking Frank DeBoer over there reading a book while everyone else is uh, at the class trip to the water park, then you're going to be picked on because you're a weirdo. Yeah, I mean, and that was something that you know somebody on Twitter and I kind of got into a like a I don't know, it got a little bit heated. I didn't mean for it to get this way, but. You know, someone said, like, why did we have to change from what was working under Tata? And I, I think I kind of like I, I, I was kind of snide and I just like, and I said that, you know, because he decided not to extend his contract, which is fine, by the way. Like, I don't hold that against him at all. Um, and I guess what was what was meant by that? Like, why change? Like, why change from the ethos of having a South American manager or an Argentine manager who played in a certain style? And so I think that, you know, but I think I feel like for that question, a lot of like Frank DeBoer has kind of been the punching bag there where, you know, that was Darren Eels' decision, you know, like um, that's why that's why Frank DeBoer is here. And so, you know, he, he if you want to criticize DeBoer's hire, then that, that that's that's who deserves his criticism. Yeah. But let's not let's not talk. Not, let's talk. Not, let's not talk mean about him. It's not. 
I love Darren. Uh, don't get me wrong. We're, so we're in second place. Did you know that? <laughs> I think that's been okay. That's keep repeating it. Keep repeating it. That's been the most frustrating thing for me is people throwing that as like an argument. And, and thankfully, you haven't in this thing. And I don't know if we're about to fight, but we might be about to fight. But uh, it, if I hear someone else say that we're in second place and use that as like a rationalization for, I don't know, Frank DeBoer being manager of the year or something like that, I'm going to run out in the traffic on the connector. And then if I don't get hit, I'm going to run back through just a bunch of times and just, just wait. <laughs> just wait. Um, because, I mean, if, look, y'all, just look at the stupid standings. Like, it's second, yeah, but NYCFC has a better points per game. There's a whole bunch of teams that are really close. They're four points away from being eighth. Yeah, the, the East is like, nuts. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's like it's seven it's points compared. separating the playoff line from first place. So, I mean, it, it literally could change week to week kind of thing. So, to, yeah. to look at it and be like, oh, but we're in second is... It's very silly. It's very silly. Please stop. Please stop. Second place. For my sanity, please stop. Yeah, we need to get into fourth place where I predicted us at the beginning of the season. And we all made fun of you for. Yep. We all made fun of you for. But you you were probably the most right. Not to say that I didn't pick us to finish. I did actually pick us to finish in second place now that I think about it. Uh, (laughs) But uh, (laughs) that was... uh, I was thinking more of like another end of year battle with Red Bulls in that uh, context, which is so, not happen. Instead, we're battling with uh, Jim. So it's a big week, Sam. We got LA Galaxy and then a US Open Cup game against Orlando on Tuesday and then another game on the weekend against NYCFC. How do you foresee these games going? Um, well, fortunately for everyone in our fan base and for who we have to deal with on a daily basis, LAG is coming to Atlanta just completely shot. I mean, there's Latin. A couple other folks are missing who are not Latin, Latin, but are also Zlatan. Um, A couple (laughs) other folks are missing who are not Zlatan. Um, (laughs) Shut up. up. Second place. With my Um, croissant. Croissant. Um, But yeah, no, it's, it's a pretty depleted Galaxy team as far as that goes, and especially without Without the guy's name who starts with a Z, they're they're not that incredible of a team. Um, mm-hmm. Even with Big Z, they played Portland and got thrashed last week. Of course, Portland's very hot right now, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think they win on Saturday. Whenever you're listening to this, um, I think Tuesday is going to be extremely interesting because because Orlando is clearly going to be ready to play. This is their Super Bowl. Uh, we can't stress that enough. This is their Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where they banned people from Georgia for even buying tickets. Um, and then we have another big one to, uh, coming up next after that. That's, that's NYCFC, isn't it? Yeah, and I'd be shocked if we win that one. Yeah, that, that, that's going to be next to impossible. That, I mean, that, that will be a good barometer, I think, for this team. Kind of similarly to the way the, LSA, the LAFC game was, you know, I think NYCFC is the strongest team in the East right now, despite the yeah. fact that we are above them in the standings. I think they're the best team and their points per game pans out, uh, shows that I don't know why they've played so many fewer games than everybody else. MLS is weird, but weird. the galaxy is crazy. Uh, I was looking at, I posted this on Twitter, but like they've been terrible. Uh, the last like not, uh, 15 games or the last 13 games, they've only picked up 15 points. And I think they picked up 22 in their first nine. 
So they just got off to a super hot start. And then, and somehow in, in this, obviously in these last 13 games, one of three of those 15 points are against LAFC somehow, but um, yeah, they've not been good. And especially without Zlatan, I think this is kind of, I think it's one of those games where you kind of, you, you have to win it or it, it's, it would be really bad if you don't, if you don't win, it's a bad loss. Even a, even a point would be drop points for sure. So, and who knows how the Orlando one's going to play out. Yeah. Anything can happen. Magic of the cup. It's their Super Bowl. It's their Super Bowl. It will be interesting uh, to see uh, Atlanta without LGP. He's, he will be out with uh, yellow card accumulation. I think for the first time this season, I want to say. So Pogba is back though, yes. Yeah, and Frank DeBoer basically confirmed that he will just slide in for him. Perfect. So he's he's the he's the backup center back. Easy enough. I do want to say one thing before we get out of here. I went back and listened to the uh one the the MLS Cup show we did because I remember that we had mentioned something about FDB uh back then. And huh. I will say that we made fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> Did we? Because <laughs> it was like the last possible option. Because we were like, yeah, it's probably like GBS or something like that. But also, someone mentioned Frank DeBoer the other day. That was super weird. Um, <laughs> and we, I, we laughed at him being Dutch Lane Kiffin and everything like that. And then the hire happened, and then we were both equally kind of tepid about it. So no one, no one, go back and be like, oh, y'all have been stands from the beginning. And this is good. Yeah. I'm gonna need to go check these out. Oh, it's really, it's really solid. It's really entertaining for sure. Because we, we had some, we were very right. <laughs> it's funny. I went back. <laughs> I went, I'll say we were very right. You know, what's funny is I recently went back and also was listening to some of our old shows. because so I was trying to find the origin of Bendik face. And uh, so I was mm-hmm. listening to some like shows from around pre, like our pre Orlando show, uh, our pregame for that. And it was so funny. We were just arguing about why this team was so boring and playing so slow and not scoring any goals. So Soccer fans, right? Am I right? What, last year, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> because it was right after it was right after I think the Seattle. See, it was right after the Seattle game, which was un- indisputably exactly. the worst yeah. Atlanta United game ever. Ter- terrible game, Seattle. Um, I think so. I, and I think the the one when we beat Orlando four nothing, it was that was it was right. Uh, it was the show between those two games. So pretty yeah. funny. I thought it was uh, I thought it was quite ironic. No, it does. I think. I think it does feel different, though. Like for sure. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I can't articulate that extremely well right now, but it does. Something feels different from last year, even in the struggles, and from the first year, even in the struggles. That's why the um, the people posting the the point totals right from Tata's first year and this year, like mm-hmm. it, it, ignoring all context and everything. It's oh, we didn't even make a college football reference yet. It's like when people compare Mark Rick and Kirby Smart without taking into context so many different <laughs> things. I won't get into that. I'm sorry. Well, um, I am interested to see if like that kind of spark that you know just the the uh, entertainment aspect of of the team kind of comes back with Ezekiel Barco because it's he like these thirty minutes he played against LAFC were the first minutes he's played in MLS since we played Sporting Kansas City back in like on like Cinco de Mayo. We won that game That's so long. long. Yeah, we, we won. won uh, we won like what three nothing in that game, and he was yeah, and he course, was amazing. That's he's terrible. Really I couldn't really believe Barco came right back into the team and looked as good as he did. Also against uh, against LAFC, I thought he, he would look really pretty rusty. Against, uh, Atletico Madrid too. So, yeah, which, that's what I heard. PD I didn't see not, any of the All-Star game. Which PD did definitely, definitely did not. <laughs> that poor child. 
I'm, I'm imagining him, and this is like the fifth high school reference I've used. I don't know why high school's been in my mind this week, but I, I've imagined him, and I've written something about this, uh, some personal news coming later. We'll talk about it on a different show. But um, I, I wrote about him essentially being a kid up in front of the class who just really rather not be doing this presentation right now because it's just not going well. Mm-hmm. If get this in this presentation right now, that'd, that'd be real quick because like the Prezi thing, like isn't going to the right place. The clicker isn't working. So he's having to walk over and like hit the space bar on the computer. And it's just not going great. It's just not yeah. going great. Maybe he'll get out of it soon, but right now. Well, we'll I, I liked what, I liked what you said about in your, uh, the one about, um, doing how, to, how to sell an underperforming player to Europe oh. about just like, it's just, it's, it, it's hard right now for both of us, for, for the fans <laughs> and for pity. And it would just be a lot easier for everyone if it wasn't hard. So I have a confession to make. Yeah. Um, I, obviously, I worked it back into the context of whatever the heck I was writing about PD. But uh, yeah. the, the rate, a pretty decent chunk of that section was at least inspired by this conversation I heard in a coffee shop where I was sitting next to this dude, a very quiet coffee shop. These people were having a very loud conversation about divorce and it was, <laughs> look, I'm just glad I could work it into art because it ruined me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got to go Uh short show, but we'll be back with yep. uh, post game and all that kind of stuff. Uh, for LA. Blame me because I was out of town. That's why this is so late and so short. Montana was Latin. We'll be back on our regular schedule after this, after this weekend. Second place. Bye all. See ya.